We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And you hear the Knicks fans, and there are a lot of them here at the Crypto.com Arena. A chant of let's go Knicks as Hartenstein knocks down a three. But a wire-to-wire victory for the Knicks. They led this one by as many as 32. A ray of sunshine for Tom Thibodeau and his team. A dominant victory. So many players contributing. Mitchell Robinson again. Just an absolute beast on the boards. And the Knicks young players putting this one away with a brilliant start to the fourth quarter. All righty. Sorry that took a minute. I had to uh, switch computers because, of course, even a big Knicks win has to have some sort of hiccup, even if it's one on my end. Um, first and foremost, I just want to say a hearty thank you to the New York Knicks for winning this game because um, I would have rather – I am where it's 1237 in the morning here, New York time. Um, be doing this probably for an hour and then, you know, another couple hours writing the Knicks film school newsletter. I would have rather gotten uh, a colonoscopy without anesthesia than had to have sat there and written about an eight game losing streak. And 18 losses in 21 games after a blown 26 point lead. Um, my Lord, thank the good, thank the good Lord. Thank you that they just won this game. I just want to say that first and foremost, before anything else. Um, second, you know, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in things that are bigger than us, than us little people here. Um, and how there are reasons for things. Um, everything happens for a reason. And I don't know. Tw- up 26. You knew it was coming. Lead down to 12. 
after all the same bullshit, just the same bullshit that we've seen time and time and time and time again by the same people that we've seen the bullshit from. Everyone, every single Nick fan watching this team, and God bless anyone. I don't care what you think about anything. God bless you if you're still watching this team in a game like this after a season like this. You deserve a, a fucking medal. Um, but, like, no one watching that was like, oh, yeah, the Knicks are going to win this game easily. Everyone was like, okay, this is going to be the latest in the, the line of misery in a season that will go down in the annals as, like, you can't write this shit. Um, and then Tom, after seeing his young lineup of, of uh, let's say their names, they deserve to have every one of their names said. Uh, Jericho Sims, RJ Barrett. I said Sims first. It's Freudian slip maybe because by God, do I love that guy. And Mitch had another nice game. Um, Jericho Sims, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Deuce McBride, Cam Reddish. 10-0 run to start the fourth. How did they do it? Aggression. Defense. Defense. Uh, making the right play. Um, not being scared. All the terrible qualities that this team has had all year. Put the kids in. They picked up right where they left off in the second quarter when they went on, uh, I think it was a 16-0 run against the Clippers. And uh, I think it was uh, Benji, our, our my boy Benji Ritholtz, had the stat that uh, it was, wasn't was until the B.J. Boston, I think it was a free throw, that it was like 10 or 11 minutes or something into Deuce McBride's stint uh, tonight that the Clippers scored a point with him on the floor. You know, so, but of course, because it's, it's the Knicks and because it's us and it's because this fan base has – uh, including me, by the way, has been through a lot this year. Um, tonight is not just going to be a celebration of the end of the winning streak, and it is not just going to be a celebration of like, holy shit, look what happens when you can play the kids together and like trust them and the whole thing. It's going to be a referendum on decisions that have not been made over the first, um, how many games have we played yet this year? Uh, 50, 65 games. Or no, sorry, 60, 63. Tonight was the 64th game. You know? Um, and like, could certain decisions have been made earlier um, to go with the kids who, again, like, I've come on here and like, I've occasionally pushed back against, because I'm the devil's advocate for, sort of guy. And obviously I, I am church tibs through and through. You know, and because of that, I get on here after games where people will be like, how did you not play the kids more in this game or that game? And, uh, and if, like, a certain young player, like, doesn't play particularly well, I tend to point that out. Well, this young player didn't play well. This veteran had it going. It's not that crazy. The thing that no one, again, who has watched this team at all this year, has ever been able to deny is that, there is a different look, feel, spirit, ethos, whatever word you want to use, to this team when these young players play. And it's, and it's certain guys 
even more than others. And, you know, I, I have to say, I think, I don't know who tops that list of like who, when they come into the game, it's like, you know, no matter what else is going on, like the energy level is going to be at a certain height because like we've seen, for instance, like the quickly is the first name that comes to mind, but we, we've seen quickly be parts of lineups that like are a bit sloggy. Same thing, obviously, with R.J. Barrett. He's part of the starting lineup that looks like crap a lot of the time. Um, you know, you want to give me Jericho Sims. You want to give me Deuce McBride. Like, those guys haven't played that much. And, like, they're rookies and they're, they're second-round draft picks. And, like, yeah, I should hope that they play with energy out the, out the wazoo when they're in there. But, like, the more I talk about this, and I, I don't want to end the opening monologue on a negative note, but I can't help myself because I am who I am and I, I believe what I believe. I really do truly in my, in my, in my bones feel that it is much, it is as much about who isn't out there as it is who is out there, you know, and this is not to absolve like the Evan Fournier's of the world or like the Nerland's the well, who hasn't always brought it or even like Mitch, who like is hot and cold. He was mostly hot tonight. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an Alec Burks fan, but other people are, are more critical sometimes of what he brings. You know, I, I don't know how you could watch tonight and look at the, the ultimate stats and see a game that the Knicks won by 23 points. And they, I mean, obviously there was, it was the, the actual score was, or the discrepancy was bigger than that. And see a guy who played 29 minutes and was a minus two. And of course I'm talking about Julius Randle and like just for shits and giggles and the stat is not updated yet, but I went to just like go remind myself of where this is at this point. And yeah, um, Julius Randle, the Knicks have played after tonight, nearly 900 minutes without Julius Randle on the court. And after tonight, their net rating in those minutes is going to be the equivalent, roughly, of the third best net rating in basketball. Right now, it's at a plus 5.7. It's going to go up a few ticks after tonight's minutes are factored in. Because obviously, the team was a plus 25 in the, uh, whatever it is, uh, 19 minutes he didn't play. You know, and it's like, I get that most of those 900 minutes come against, almost all of those 900 minutes, in fact, come against opposing benches. But it's just, it's impossible to look at that and not draw some conclusions. Like R.J. Barrett has played, the Knicks have played almost 1,300 minutes without him. They're a plus 2.1 in that time. You know, so that's that's something. But again, how do you descri- how do you uh, draw the line between like Barrett and Randall when those two guys play together so much? Um, and then, you, of course, you look at the minutes that um, – Randall is is on the court, um, you know, and they're they're not so hot. I just this is not the night to pile on Randall, and I, I actually feel a little bit badly that I'm doing it, but I, I had to get that out because you just watch the spirit that they play with when he's not in there, and the, and the consistent energy. And they're not, you know, they're not always good when he's not in there because they, they don't have anyone to draw attention other than Barrett the last two months has, has gotten to that point. 
but it's just hard to ignore. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not ignoring it tonight. So uh, let us on that note, um, get to the super chat, which I'm sure is going to be on fire tonight as it should be. Hopefully mostly good stuff, but again, um, anything goes. Um, Robert Cross uh, is the first comment that I see. Andrew, if I missed the comment that was above Robert, uh, let me know. Um, first time, long time, John. It's great to have you aboard, Robert. Welcome to the program. Is it fair and reasonable to say that the Knicks have turned the corner and will be a dark horse in the playoffs this year? You know, um, I, I think that may be a little unreasonable to say. Um, although, look, I, do I think they'll win some games now that the monkey's off their back? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I was the crazy one who I think I predicted that in their first – I forget if I predicted in their first nine games out of the break or their first seven games out of the break, they would be above 500. Um, I think I said seven. No, I said – no, 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 I'm sorry. I said nine. I said nine because it was the two home games and then the the rest of the road trip. So that, that prediction is actually still alive. If they, if they beat the Kings, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, and the and the Nets all on the road, then they'll go five and four out of the break. And I will have that was that was my reckless prediction out of the break. Um made somewhat in jest. In any case, do I think they're gonna make a run? Obviously not, and, and neither do you, and neither does anybody. But do I think tonight may be a night that Nick fans and maybe the franchise looks back on as like that was the night that we turned a corner. Um, yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's possible. Because um, this kid, you know, look, they don't, I still, they're missing pieces. They don't have all of the elite talent, but like they have, this is really young talent here. They have really young talent. And um, I'm excited to see what it does, not only for the rest of this year, but over the years to come. Uh, Matt down in Australia. What's going on, Matt? Nick's W, let's go. I don't think there's been such a clear difference between the youth and the vets than this game. Yeah. Um, take a look at the plus minus unreal performance. Every Nick fan uh, feels vindicated tonight. Yeah. There's a lot of vindication. There's a lot of vindication. I mean, I, again, I'm the one who just railed on Randall. I, I go back to like, again, I feel bad for a guy like Alec Burks because Alec Burks has gotten so much shit. Um, because he's been, put into this role and like, he's not equipped for the role, but like, I still remember the days when Alec Burks was part of the best bench unit, like forget in the league this year, but like one of the best bench units that we've ever seen. Um, like that guy's still in there. That dude played with all kinds of energy when like they were blitzing teams by whatever it was, 10, 11, 12 points per hundred possessions over the first 20 some odd games of this year when Derek Rose was healthy. So like, you know, even there's a part of me that's curious about, like, what would Fournier look in 15 to 20 minutes off the bench with the right people around him? You know, I, and I don't want to put it all on Randall. And I, I think this is going to be more of a, like, see Tibbs, we told you so type of night, and that's fine. Uh, he deserves it. But, you know, um, yeah, play the kids. That's all there is to it. Play the kids. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on? Uh, good to see you again, Kev. I want to give credit to Tibbs. There you go. You can already see the development of Reddish's game and how he's cut out some of the fat of his game. I love it. Again, I, you, y'all don't need me to sit here and praise the man I've been praising 
or I've been defending for a very long time. But like for all the shit that, that he gets deserved, deservedly so for the stubbornness, for, you know, the lack of imagination and the play calling um, for, well, both those are mainly the, the two things. Uh, no, enabling Randall potentially a little bit. We don't know. I don't know. Um, the development that has gone on this year and the fact that, like, you still have a coach who, number one, puts his players out there every night with a game plan that if they follow the game plan, they could be successful. I still think Tibbs is as good a preparer as there is of anyone in the league. Doesn't mean he should be a head coach. You know, I don't know. And then the other part of it, which you do need to have from your head coach, is the accountability factor. And that's what you need to have young players be their best selves. And like Cam, his game was very, it was very clear in Atlanta. He was not held accountable to the, to the point that he needed to be. Um, but here we have guys like quickly deuce cam coming along, you know, Obi Sims, um, RJ, you know, look no further than RJ, um, that have just, they're all in a play. Maybe with the exception of Obi, they're all in a play Grimes. They're all in a place that like, you love it. And, you know, for all the blame he deserves, um, you gotta give him some credit for that too. So. You know, there you go. Uh, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Good to see you. RJ and the kids. RJ with Sims, Cam, McBride, and Quickly is a blast to watch. I think it's arguably their 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 most – I think it's their, their best – their most fun lineup for sure. Um, you want to sub out maybe a Grimes for a Deuce, that's fine. Um, I feel bad saying their most fun line, lineup, lineup doesn't have Grimes in it because uh, I still love me some Grimes. But, like, right now it's definitely their most fun lineup. Um, I hope they get this many minutes going forward. They deserve them. RJ's turning into a great leader. Great night for Mitch. Underrated moment of the night, and I think this is what you're referring to, Jessica. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, when the Knicks uh, were in the middle of imploding uh, after the veterans had given the lead away, RJ Barrett gathered his teammates. We saw it on the broadcast. And I don't know what the fuck he said, but it was whatever he said, it resonated. Because they came out like a house on fire and played some of the best defense that we've seen the team play in a long time. And I know his first possession, he got blocked by Hardenstein, but like that was a good play, good sound decision. And he is the engine that makes it go. Um, he's the leader of this team. He's the best player on this team. A, another not great shooting night. He, he missed most. Uh, he shot well in the first half, didn't shoot well. Um, towards the end of the second quarter and the and the second half, but still ended up with twenty four points, nine rebounds, four assists. You know, and those were solid assists. Got the he was playmaking right from the start. You love what you saw there, and then we'll talk about some of the other kids' performances as we as we continue along here because I'm sure they're going to come up. Um, Michael Miranda, what's going on, Michael? Man, I kind of wanted that loss. I f- <laughs> come on. Oh, you got it. Come on. You, at some point, you need like. Like you know what I you know when I noticed it, and I, I'm obviously pushing back on this comment. Um, after the Cam Johnson shot against the Suns or by the Suns the other night, I, I watched the the replay today, and it was like 55 or so seconds after the shot, the ESPN cameras 
caught. It was Burks and Quickly standing on the court at their own end, the end of the court that Cam had made the shot. They hadn't even moved, and their faces were just like devastated. Like we're, I know we're fans of a team, but to a certain extent, I think you do need to be fans of the people on the team as well. And like, this has been, I mean, all you had to do was listen to RJ after the game. Like this has been unbearable for them. And, and, you know, people may not care about that and that's fine. These guys get paid enough. They don't need us to care about them as like human beings, but I wanted them to get this win. And trust me, there will be many more tanking opportunities. I think get like, they were never getting into the top four, you know, might this loss come back and like, you know, mean the difference between the fifth or the sixth spot in the lottery, the sixth or the seventh spot in the lottery, Eh, maybe, but like, really like just go back and look at what's happened ever since they flattened the lottery odds. It doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter that much. You know, is there a difference between like 10th and fifth? Like, yes. Is there a difference, a huge difference between like sixth and seventh? Not really. So, um, you know, and, and by the way, even if they finished with the very worst record in the league, they would still need a lot of luck because as far as I'm concerned, there's two definite franchise, not franchise changers, but there's two definite big time guys in this draft. You want to throw Ivy in there? Fine. That's still, even if you have the worst record in the league, you only have a one in three chance of getting one of those three, you know, roughly. So they need luck regardless. Um, enjoy the wins while you can, especially when they come at the hands of these of these kids. Um, Ryan, Hawaiian, what's going on, Ryan? Great game from the kids, but this Cam's success spell Obi's doom. I was waiting for this to come up, but I, I don't think it's an unfair thing to bring up. This game has to tell Tibbs that playing the vets is tanking. Guess the only Nick with a plus minus and the plus minus with more than six minutes. Yeah. Um, I addressed the Randall thing. Tibbs is not going to believe for a second that playing the vets is tanking. I think, you know, I don't know. What is this going to do to his decision-making? I really don't. I really don't. I think he goes, I think he goes with the flow of the game at the same time that statement that I just said is absurd when you consider the fact that he put Fournier in the game the other night for Cam Reddish. Um, and when you consider some of the other decisions he's made throughout the year, has he, has he left the kids in at times throughout the entire, I remember there was a game within like the first 10 or 15, it was early in the season where he left the kids in to close it out. And like, it t- turned out, well, there was another one. He left the kids in and like, they ran out of gas. Like, he goes with the players that he thinks are playing the best and they give him the best chance to win. Obviously tonight, that was the kids. Is it going to make him coach differently? How tonight went? I I don't know. We'll see. Um, As for Obi, look, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We've talked about this. Obi needs at this point in his career with what he's able to do. And more importantly, what he's not able to do. He needs a guy. He needs a playmaker, the ilk of Derek Rose out there with him to make him as his most successful self. And that's backed up in the on-off numbers and, and, and how he's looked over the last bunch of weeks. Does this spell like doom for Obi? No, I don't think so. I, I honestly, I, I, there's a man, there's a big part of me that hopes Kim Reddish and RJ Barrett are starting for this team next year. And I'm not sure if I want them starting at the three and the four. It's a little, little light. Um, I know who I don't want starting at the four, you know, but is there still a world where Obi 
can be a really good backup for. And if he gets a three pointer going, can he, can he be a good starting for? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, but would they have looked this good with Obi instead of Cam? That I don't think so. Cam's a better player right now. That's, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. And he's better fit. Uh, D. Huber then. Unfortunately for Deuce, we don't know what he is until he gets on the floor without Emmanuel quickly. With IQ there, he's just a guy standing around in the corner on offense. Like, all due respect, I don't really care. Emmanuel quickly is, should have been all rookie first team last year. He ended up being a slight sixth in the voting, but he was one of the six best rookies last year. I think he was one of the best three or four best, but um, he has not shot well this year. His game, for the most part, has progressed um, up until a really shaky last month or so when you could tell the offensive struggles and the adjustment to point guard were really getting to him. He is still, in my opinion, just my two cents, a, a, I don't want to say a much higher ceiling prospect than Deuce, He's a higher ceiling prospect than Deuce. And if Emmanuel quickly is out there running the show at point guard, you're not going to find anyone happier than me, good or bad. I want him to get those reps. I want to see where that goes. Deuce McBride, look, Deuce is going to be what Deuce is going to be. He's a rookie. He's a second-round pick. We'll see what he is. He brings defense. He's bringing energy. Hopefully he brings a little shot-making. But there's a reason that, you know, he went where he went. He's, he's, he's a combo guard. Um. I don't quite frankly get the fascination with Deuce. Um, and like, we need to see him run point for like 20 minutes a game to see what, like, I, look, we'll see. Maybe I'll eat my words eventually. God knows it's happened before. I don't see him as that level of prospect where it's like, just put him out there and let him do what he does. If he runs a little point, he runs a little point. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's, you know, but look, he had a nice night tonight. And I don't, it, it, obviously tonight, it didn't come through in the box score, but who cares? He affected the game, and that's the most important part. Uh, Carolina Knicks fan, thank you very much for the contribution. One, Deuce had whoever he guarded in jail. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought. I mean, look, he's still got upsize, but it's the it's the energy, it's the tenacity. Your defense is going to be better when he's out there. All hundred uh, percent. Number two, Sims is a beast. Great. I have a chance to talk about Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims played twenty minutes. Um, got 11 rebounds, including five on the offensive glass, only scored four points, but who cares? That dude goes after rebounds like, oh my God. I mean, between him and Mitch, they might have two of the, I don't know, 10 best offensive rebounders in the sport. Uh, and I really don't think that's an exaggeration just because Jericho Sims, even as a rookie, even as a late second round pick. Like, you want to talk about a guy I'm excited about? Like, there's a guy I'm excited about as a potential long-term second bike backup center. Um, he was great. His energy, I thought, changed the game as much as anyone. Uh, I can't wait to see him be the backup center for this team for the rest of this year. Uh, three, Reddish needs more playing time. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, played 25 minutes tonight. I think that's probably about where he should be. You want to give him a few more minutes? That's fine by me. Again, if I never saw Evan Fournier play another game for this team, I'd be fine with that. Uh, that's just me, though. Number four, quickly, RJ were great. No disagreement there. And five, if this doesn't get tips to play the kids more, I don't know what will. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow night, right? 
Uh, and shout out to KFS. Shout out to you, Carolina and Expand. Thanks for the contribution. Robert Cross, what's going on, Robert? <laughs> First time, long time, John. How do you feel about extending money, Mitch, at four years, $25 million per year? That's about what it's going to cost. Um, Robert, you're going to get some pushback from me here. One, I don't think that's what it's going to cost. I think if some team wants to pay Mitchell Robinson $25 million a year, um, I would have a lot of angry words for our front office for not for assuming it was an outright signing and not a sign and trade for not getting something from him, but not for one second. Would I say that they should sign him to that money? That's Jared Allen, who unfortunately suffered an injury tonight, um, was an all-star this year and he makes $20 million a year. And I don't, I don't think anyone is looking at Jared Allen and being like, he's underpaid, you know, Clint Capella is arguably maybe a little overpaid. He averages about 20, 21 um, per year. Like, might some team come in and blow Mitch away with like a three for 60? Or like a three or a four for like 74, 76, something like that? Like, yeah, I could see that. Um, I, ugh, man. Personally, I, I kind of have a limit in my head. I don't I, like the notion of paying that dude more than fifteen million dollars a year is, is a little scary to me, just because for a lot of the reasons that we've talked about, and I'll I wrote about, and I'll write more about at some point. But he's really good. But then, then again, you watch a guy like Sims, and you're like, that dude's pretty good too. Not saying he's Mitch; he's not. But that you can find guys that approximate what Mitch does. Um. And the Knicks have one. Stevens Guillaume. See what happens when you play the kids? Wins. Anyone who needed, uh, anywho, much needed win for everyone's sanity. Uh, tanking on pause. Yes, tanking on pause for one night at least. Thank God. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky. What do you think changes from here on in? I think this spells the end of Obi for right now. Sorry. Uh, Emmanuel quickly clearly needs to start. Grimes, start. Play deuce. Um... It's a great question. What do I think changes from here on in? I mean, I'm not sure that I believe Obi Toppin is actually injured. I'm not, please don't like aggregate that or whatever. I'm not, that's not like anything I've, I, I, that's just my personal opinion. You know, I think maybe the team wanted to, like the team looked at Obi. They said, you know what? He's not really helping us right now. He's not helping us without Rose in there. He hasn't really been helping us for a while. Um, Let's get a look at Cam at the four with RJ in there. And I wonder if you took out – so this is the other part of your comment. Play Deuce, right? Everyone's everyone's going to want to see Deuce play for the rest of the year. If Obi's back, you know, the easy solution is like take out Burks, take out Fournier, take out Randall, take out, you know, one of those guys. Um, that's not going to happen yet. So, like, if Obi, if Obi Toppin's back healthy for the Kings game, which I don't know if he is, like, what do you do? Do you – you could play him. You could play a 10-man rotation, right? But how does that – and you could do it with some creative sub patterns. But, like, that's the other thing. Tibbs likes playing nine guys. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this spells the end for Obi yet. Um, as for quickly starting, I've been calling for quickly to start 
It's the one thing I have called for since early in the season or for since for a while. Um, you know, but again, does it come, does it have to do with quickly or does it have to do with who else is in the game? We'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robert Cross, first time, long time, John. Can we get a KFS special hashtag Cam Cutlets t-shirt? Cam Cutlets. I don't even know what kind of cutlets those would be. Have to be a little spicy, right? Have to be a little spicy. Smooth. Smooth and spicy. What's smooth and spicy? Um, I don't know. I'm going to think about that one for a little bit. I'm going to think about that one for a bit. Some kind of panini. Um, give it. Give it up to that new guy, Ben. Cullet screwed it up last year. Hashtag Cam Cutlets. I love that. Um, thank you again. Uh, as always, appreciate uh, your comments and contributions, Robert. Kevin Nadeshevsky with one more. Oh, and please, Kemba, Randall, then trade. Um, Kemba, Randall, then trade. I'm not sure. Do you want to trade Kemba and Randall? Yes, please. Um, Joseph John. What's going on, Joseph? Love our young core's pace. Yes, that was the other thing they did at the start of the fourth quarter. And obviously, in the second quarter, they pushed the pace, which is why you love R.J. Barrett with that second unit, because him pushing the pace is one of the scarier sights in the league right now, if you're an opposing team. Uh, had better defensive defense and rim pressure. Yes, completely agree. Looking forward to trading our continuous soup contracts for more talent. Let's go, kids. Man, I... I Boy, I, I, I wonder what they could get for any of these veteran, veteran contracts this summer. I don't know. I remain dubious, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I want to read a quote. This is from Berman. Uh, it's Tibbs. I told him from the All-Star break on, we played well in the Miami game, both Philly games, should have won in Phoenix, and we didn't have anything to show for it. Uh, now they do. Um, yeah, that sounds like a rally the troops for one final push. 
Um, we'll see what happens the rest of this road trip, right? Um, Hush Zoo, what's going on, Hush? Clips on a five-game win streak single-handedly lost to a bunch of 20-year-olds. I don't care what any vet did. Tibbs needs to reevaluate. Now he can shove a new one with his vet infatuation. Randall, bad, low IQ. His ISO is so bad. I'm just like – for anybody who thinks the next game you're going to see, you know, these veterans either shelved or like play no minutes or very few minutes – like, I'm just – I'm telling you, it's probably not going to happen. Um, should it? Different story. I, I, I've turned that corner along with all of you. So, um, Nicholas Roberts, the kids lineup is the most athletic um, – hold on. Is the most athletic one in 20 years. Man, let's think about this. Last 20 years in Knicks basketball, has there been a more athletic lineup than uh, RJ, Deuce, Quickly, Cam, and Sims? Or Mitch, if you want. Um, probably, but they haven't been very good. Like, I don't uh, – maybe – this is going to sound crazy. Maybe some of those – early aughts teams that Isaiah tried to put together, like with Marbury. Um, although those, they had Eddie Curry at center, who was not anyone's definition of an athlete. Um, Crawford, some of those. Mm, Nate Robinson was pretty athletic, although, you know, kind of tiny. That's the thing. Like the Knicks in the last 20 years have been defined by a lot of guys who aren't particularly athletic, right? Like David Lee – Great player, all-star, not anyone's definition of an athlete, right? Uh, Porzingis, and then obviously, you know, the, the best year we've had, 2012-13. <laughs> you know, last year last year of his career, Jason Kidd, uh, Raymond Felton. Like, these are not these are not your, your prototypical athletes. Um, Chris Copeland, you know, Steve Novak, not, not very athletic. Uh, not, you know, even Carmelo. Carmelo, you know. Was not that athletic. You might be right. You might be on something. Maybe it is the most athletic lineup they've had in the last twenty years. Um, yeah, this team hasn't exactly been high on athletes, have they? Um, even though that's why they drafted Kevin Knox. <laughs> uh, Robert Cross with another one. Robert Cross is on fire tonight. First time, long time, John. Is it fair and reasonable to say that point RJ and off ball IQ will be devastating at the Mecca in the playoffs? Again, why are we putting guys in boxes, Robert? Why do we have to? Why do we have to get the box? Let's put the boxes away. Let's get rid of the boxes. Let's tear up the boxes. Um, you know, look, you you need someone to initiate your offense, and I think both of those guys can do that. I think quickly did a nice job uh, in the second half, especially it felt like getting downhill and really getting to the rim. I think we've seen more of that from him over his last handful of games. Um, that's important. You know, RJ still kind of needs to be the initiator to your point about point RJ, but like that, that, or he's the advantage creator. That doesn't mean quickly can't initiate sets and things. 
it just means eventually the ball is probably going to end up in R.J. Barrett's hands or, God willing, at some point in the not terribly distant future, the Knicks get another advantage creator. And who knows? Maybe that guy is Cam Reddish. And, um, you know, they put him in more positions to be successful. Either way, Quickly's never going to be the sort of point guard that, like, creates advantages for you. It doesn't mean he can't be a nominal point guard and get the team into its sets. So I think there's like different definitions of a point guard. Um, all that being said, RJ being the best guy out there on the floor, the guy who creates the matchup advantages, the guys who the guy who sets up other teammates, finishes shot. Like, yeah, that's what we're all here for, right? Um, Hushzu uh, with another one. It's so night and day. The ball moves so much better when Randall isn't on the court. I request you cover his face up again, praying he's gone this summer. I think I have the tape here. No, I'm not going to do it. That They won a game tonight. I'm not going to. They won tonight. I'm not going to cover his face up. I'm gonna, I, I am going to get a new poster, though. Um, Drew P. In the offseason, if this offseason we traded Randall for Bledsoe and Picks, and our starting lineup was quickly RJ, Grimes, Cam, Mitch. You blow my mind here. Would it be a good offseason? RJ, seven for seven free throws. Thank you for mentioning that. RJ really just continues to get to the line uh, like crazy. Um, so the Bledsoe thing is interesting because, oh, God. I So Bledsoe only has $4 million on his contract guaranteed for next season. But I'm like 95% certain that if they traded for Bledsoe, even if they traded for Bledsoe like on draft night, so before the new league year started, I'm like 95% sure that they cannot then waive him um, such that only $4 million would count against their cap next year. I'm like almost certain about that. But I also I would need to look at the nature of his his contract to I'm fairly certain. In any case, I don't think you're asking it for that point. Um, and I'm just curious about that. I think you're asking it more about like just to get Randall off the team and like that's a destination for him. Would the Clippers do that? Um, oh wait, no, he's not on the Clippers. He's in Portland. Excuse me. Um, would the Blazers do that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. What pick are we getting? Are we getting – because they're the Blazers, interestingly enough, are going to have their own pick. And um, in all likelihood, they're going to have the Pelicans pick. Um, I think the Pelicans protected their selection that they sent the Blazers this year um, one through four. And the Pelicans are in the play-in right now. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, would I do that if I'm the Knicks? I do that in a heartbeat. Um, I think that would be a great off season. If the Knicks got, if the Knicks dumped Randall's contract and got like either the eighth or the ninth or like the 11th or the 12th pick in the draft. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty great off season. Um, and I, I'd, I'd be down with that starting lineup. Um, Carolina Knicks fan, one more. Can we also appreciate how RJ is getting more confident in his right hand? Yes. hundred percent. He had a couple op- a couple moments there in the right hand that were good, some not so good, but he's going to it, right? That's all you want to see. Again, 
this is what development looks like. Some good, some bad, but he has confidence in it. This is great. Um, and is getting better at his free throws. You could tell he puts in the work. A thousand percent, yes. Something that you have me thinking now that I'm going to um, look up because I am curious is RJ's free throws over the last uh, since the All Star break um, and where they rank uh, in the league. Um, hey, my man Jeff. Now that I know that it's you, I saw you DM me. I haven't gotten back to you yet. I apologize. I will. Um, thoughts on IQ isolating for his point guard play, distributing only. Thought it was a big step forward. Um, there was a wide variety in the types of passes he made. Um, yeah, I love everything about quickly tonight. I think you could, if, if I'm giving, if I was giving stars out for tonight, I think quickly probably gets my, he get he's my three star guy. Um, I love the energy. I love the approach. I love everything about him. Like, Again, going back to like not putting guys in boxes. I think quickly is one of those guys that and I think what we we what we saw over much of the last month or, and change when he wasn't good is a guy who was just overthinking the game. And that is a dude more than anything. I'm not going to say he's not a cerebral player. I don't think that's a fair assessment, but like he just needs to play and and go with his gut. And sometimes that's going to be a pull-up 30-footer, you know, and like, yes, occasionally he's going to miss passes that he probably should make. That said, as you point out, there was a wide variety of the types of passes that he made because of how he was approaching it. He was approaching it like, you know, get at the top of the key, get at the top of the key, go downhill. Like, I think taking away some of the thought process that you usually have for a guy who is the quote unquote point guard. I think that's a good thing to take that away from a guy like quickly and just let him again, play, read, react the whole thing. And that is why to tie it all together. I think it's so important to have other guys on the floor with him that can put the ball on the floor and make good decisions. Guys like Deuce McBride, guys like hopefully Cam Reddish and obviously RJ Barrett. Um, so yeah, good, great thought from you. Um, Lunas, MRI feels weird that RJ's play tonight has become the expectation. Yeah. Right. 24 points and 18 shots, not terribly efficient, but you know, whatever he got 10 rebounds or close to 10 rebounds, nine rebounds, four assists. I, I quoted the stats in the newsletter this week and I know he had a terrible game at, at Phoenix. Although again, their best offense was his misses that are that uh, Mitchell Robinson cleaned up. The numbers he has put up over the last two months are numbers that only like 10 to 50. It was, I, I, the numbers I quoted, it was just him and nine other guys. And the other nine guys all made the all star team this year. But like, you know, little cherry picking there. Like his numbers over the last two months have been on par with like the top 20 to 25, maybe top 30 players in the league. Um, and the rest of your comment, what's your prediction for his stat line next year, along with all-star odds? Consider New York City fan vote bias. If he puts up these numbers over the course of the whole season, if the Knicks are anywhere near 500, he's going to make the all-star team. If it's 24 points a game, which is what he's been averaging over the last two months, six rebounds, I think the assists, I think the assists are what's going to get him into the all-star game because – for the year, he's still under three. 
over the last two months, he's been a little bit over 3.5. I think he needs to get the assists over like four. Give me four, four and a half assists a game with the six rebounds, with the, with the 24 points, 23, 24 points. Um, you know, decent efficiency with the understanding like he's never going to be a super efficient player, and that's okay because he gets to the line a lot. And that's the other part of it. And I'll, I'll look it up right now. Um, I think you're going to need to give voters kind of a caveat or like a an exception or a, a something where it's like we're going to overlook the inefficiency for this reason or that reason, you know? Um, all right, last five games, R.J. Barrett, free throw attempts per game. Third in the league behind Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. 11.4 per game. Shooting him at 72%. Not far behind Giannis. 72.7 for Giannis. Um, I know the 22 free throw attempts are big in that average, but hey, 11.4 over five games is 11.4 over five games. Pretty damn good. Um, Eric... McCorn, Cam was outstanding in the fourth quarter. Yes, absolutely. We haven't really talked enough about Cam over this uh, postgame. Eight of the first ten points in the fourth quarter. Like, we're all excited about RJ. We're all excited about quickly. Some people are very excited about Deuce. Um, If you're going to ask me who's the wild card on this team moving forward, it's Cam. I feel like I know what RJ is. I know what quickly is. Um, even like a guy like Mitch or Sims or like, you know, we know what these guys are. Cam, if if they could unlock this dude, and it doesn't happen a lot at this stage of a guy's career where a guy will go from like not really a rotation player on a good team to being a pos- like a, a solid contributing starter on a good team. Um but boy, oh boy, there is nothing he can't do. There really isn't. The shot making, the finishing, the I mean, look good on the three tonight. Uh there in the that one that he made in the fourth quarter. Very excited about Cam moving forward. Hush Zoo, another one. Only wins I accept are by 24 and under players. That is fine. That is allowed. Um Guy Huber then, one more. I don't care either, my dues comment. It's just a commentary on everyone wanting to see deuce at the one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, some people, that is a thing that they, they're very into, um, just go play the kids, have the kids look good, play together, play unselfishly, play hard. That's all I really care about. Um, but thank you as always, my man. Um, Sean Ford front office gave $200 million to Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier and Julius Randle. Tibbs is just not supposed to play them? Question mark. Front office tried to stay flexible and competitive with B-tier vets. It backfired. Tibbs is developing the kids well and should be back. Sean, I I swear that is not like my burner. You've seen my hands. I did not like log in as Sean Ford over the last 45, 47 minutes and like type that. Um, You know... Uh, Ian Bagley 
who is the goat, uh, had a, uh, was asked a question in one of his mailbags, I think, over the last week or two. Um, what did Mitchell Robinson tweet out now? Um, you only live once. Enjoy the journey. Uh, that's a retweet of some some something he said in post game about like losing sucks. Um, oh, ain't nobody want to lose. Losing is boring and whack. Losing is boring and whack. I agree with that. Um, what is this? Oh, a comment. Uh, so, Ty, uh, well, we're here, and I'll get back to the comment in a bit. Clippers coach Ty Lue on being called a gambler and a risk taker by Nick's Tom Thibodeau. I try anything, man, because I don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't care what y'all write and what y'all say. I just do what I believe that's going to work and what's right. Well, in fairness, so does Tibbs. He's going to fuck what people think. <laughs> um, back, to, back to this comment. So, uh, yeah, Ian, um, on his mailbag, uh, it was within the last week, was asked about, like, why don't the Knicks play the kids more? or exclusively and like bench some of these vets and he, he, his answer, and I I don't want to paraphrase him, but it was something to the effect of like, you know, it's, it's not so easy to bench veterans and have that go over in the locker room Um, or bench certain veterans and like have it go over in the locker room. Um, Like I was talking to someone recently who knows some things about this stuff and he, you know, the person pointed out like, look, guys have agents that advocate for them. And like, if you sit, you're like an Evan Fournier or an Alec Burks or God for, you know, a Julius Randall, the guy we all want sat at some point with like 20 games to go or even like 18 or 16 or like 14 games to go. You know, it gets closer to the five, 10 games. That's different. But if you sit these guys with that many games left to go, you're going to get catch a lot of shit. Now, should that matter? I, I don't, I can't answer that question. I really don't know. I don't know. Should that matter? I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, to Sean's comment. Yes. The front office gave all these fucking guys money. That's on them. And again, Outside of like very unique situations in the league where we all, not me as much, but most people just absolutely murder Tibbs for continuing to play these veterans. Go, and I would challenge you to go look any year, this year, last year, year before, year before that, year before that, and look at teams that are like in where the Knicks are. And I'm not talking about like tank, real tanking teams, like the Thunder this year, like the Sixers once upon a time, other teams like that. Just go look at like other teams that are like not very good and the minutes that they give out up until maybe the last five, ten games and see how often that they play veteran players and how many minutes they give veteran players. And like, yeah, you're going to find a couple of exceptions, but by and large, what – Tibbs has done in terms of the minutes distribution is not exclusive to Tibbs and it's not exclusive to the Knicks. Now the devil, that's one position. The, The pushback on that is when he has decided to deploy his veterans and how 
he has decided to deploy his veterans and how much he has pushed them playing so many minutes at times. That's, I think, where people have a, a grievance and where people have a fair grievance. And that is that is valid because the season has fallen apart. So any defensive tibs, which is like, hey, it's it's working to an extent. Well, you know, when you lose 17 of 20 games like that, that goes away. That defense goes away. I think what Sean is pointing out here is different, which is like the notion that Tibbs is just going to sit 200, $200 million worth of guys or like take $200 million worth of guys and tell them, all right, you're playing 15 minutes tonight. You're playing 20 minutes tonight. Like that's, that's different. But, th- but is there a gray area where everybody's happy? Yeah, I think there is. And it looks something like tonight, right? Where you get Cam Reddish playing 25 minutes and you get Emmanuel quickly playing um, 28 minutes. And you get, you know, a couple of second-round rookies, Sims and McBride, playing about 20 minutes. I think it looks something like that. Um, Are we going to get that from him moving forward? I I don't know. I hope so. Um, Michael Miranda with one more comment. I agree the team needed a win. I'm afraid that any success down the stretch puts the front office into believing changes don't need to be made. I can tell you right now, you don't have to worry about that. I can tell you right now. You do not need to worry about that. If anything, what we see down the stretch will be, and I don't care what Julius Randle or Fournier does the rest of this season. I think those guys are on the block. They're going to be on the block. And the second the front office sees a deal that they like the value for those two guys, Walker, or excuse me, Randle and Fournier in particular, I think they are fucking gone. I think the Knicks doing well down the stretch, if anything, may embolden the front office to believe more in the kids, which I don't. I think is a good thing. Also, if Sims plays like this, Mitch can go to Dallas in a sign-and-trade for Brunson. I wrote about the prospect of signing and trading Mitchell Robinson for Jalen Brunson in the Knicks Film School newsletter, shameless plug. Um, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, it's kind of impossible, um, the way sign-and-trades work with base year compensation. Um, it's it, you could do it in two separate deals, which I wrote about the next day. I think that that's legal. I'm not a hundred percent sure just because I don't think I've ever seen a simultaneous sign and trade broken into two separate trades to get around the um, cap legalities. If it's possible, that would be the way you do it. In any case, if Mitch goes to Dallas in a sign and trade and we get Jalen Brunson, um, I'd be fine with that. Uh, Anthony Sixto, what's going on, Anthony? Coaching flaws get exposed in that a consistent theme is parking guys in the corner if they aren't key parts of the offense. We tunnel scheme for two, three guys when you can maximize all five on the floor better. Um, of course, we have to have a uh, X's and O's criticism of the coach on a night that the team wins by uh, 23 points. Um, we talked about this. We've talked about this a lot. Like, is Tibbs an X's and O's genius? No. Say it again. Say it a hundred times. It's read and react. Uh, read and react doesn't work so great when you have guys who are not playing well and you don't have advantage creators. Um, are there more sophisticated offenses out there? Absolutely. Is Tibbs the type of coach that is going to run such an offense? No, he's not. Um, does that mean he shouldn't have a job? I don't know. 
for the Knicks to decide. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, we are on the same page on Tibbs. Shocking, considering where we started. Would be okay with the worst lottery odds if the youngins play well. Lots of potential. Look, if the kids play and the kids play well and they get wins, I'll, I'm not going to complain. People might complain. I will not be one of them. Um, great problems, right? If the kids play and they play well and lead them to wins down the stretch, that, that's good experience. That's good experience. Uh, Q left blank. What's going on, Q? Oh, Kasim. What's going on, Kasim? Um, thanks for the content. Thank you always for your insightful thoughts, my man. One, the slam poster, our magical 2021 Knicks. Treat accordingly. That's fair. That is fair. Memories, right? Good memories. Two, Cam needs a special coach relationship to unlock him. Who would that coach relationship be? Is that with Tom DeVille or is that with Johnny Bryant? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about Cam, though, man. I should probably read Cam's stat line because it was pretty damn good. Um, 17 points on seven shots. Talk about efficient. A couple of rebounds. Didn't get any assists. Uh, Two turnovers. Got dinged with some traveling calls late. Uh, Trying to think if there's any other stat lines I didn't read tonight. We should know Mitch got uh, eight offensive rebounds tonight. So I know Robert Cross missed $20 million a year or $25 million a year, was it? Uh, that's uh, Mitch's fifth uh, game with at least eight offensive rebounds in his last 10. I can look it up right now. Uh, who has the most offensive rebounds um, in the last 10 games? I am fairly certain it's going to be Mitchell Robinson. It is Steven Adams. You know what? Steven, Steven Adams had a couple of uh, – a couple of like lesser or Mitchell Robinson had a couple of like lesser games uh, with offensive rebounds. So Mitch is, is second to Steven Adams over Mitch's last 10 games, 5.1 offensive rebounds per game over Steven Adams last 10 games, 5.8 Mitchell uh, offensive rebounds per game. Um, in other news, Steven Adams fucking beast. He's good. Um, okay. How do we get on that? Uh, Robert Cross, amazing banter between Berman and Money Mitch post game. I'll listen to it uh, right after I finish. Thanks for staying up late, John. Uh, like me in San Diego. Hashtag 35 wins. How's 35 wins looking right now? We're at 26 and 38. Uh, what would it be? 35 and 35 and 47, right? Yeah, 35 and 47. So that's nine and nine and nine. That's nine and nine. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Nine and nine. I like it. I like it. That works for me. Um, Okay. I think that is it. Um, It is now 1.36 in the morning. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we still have over 400 people in here watching. We've been talking for an hour. I've been talking for an hour. You guys have been commenting for an hour. Uh, I will say it now. I'll say it again. This is the best fan base in all of sports, as much as I get frustrated at times with certain stances that certain people may take. Um, it is refreshing to know that no matter what's going on with this team, as I pick up my daughter's 
toy phone. Um, you know, we never give up. We never give in. Always hopeful. Always thankful for the good stuff. That's how I like it. Um, don't forget, join us. Same same bat time, same bat channel uh, tomorrow morning, I guess, uh, for the post game uh, after the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and who knows? Maybe two in a row. It has happened before. Um, yeah, feel free to get the lights up before I get out of here and uh, check out. Um, what, 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 what are we checking out? We're not checking out any podcast. That's oh, that's what I wanted to say. No, no podcast from Jeremy and I uh, for tomorrow because uh, we would have to be recording that right now, and um, that would be not tenable. So uh, you're getting just um, this for tomorrow, the post game then on uh, Tuesday, and then uh, new KFS podcast coming your way with me and Jeremy Wednesday at midnight. So stay tuned for that. Um, oh, and here's a big one. This Yes, thank you, Andrew. The Kings game decides not only who wins predictions for this week between me and Jeremy. I'm pretty sure. If I, if the Kings if the Knicks don't beat the Kings and and they don't go two and two this week and I lose this week, Jeremy wins for the year. So, come on, boys, give me one more this week. Put me back in the driver's seat. I will go undefeated for the rest of the season if I can just if I could just get this this week. I just need a win this week. Much like the Knicks, I just needed a win. I need a win this week. Come on, you can do it. You got this. Hashtag two wins. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> what well, JD? Let's go, Jeremy. Come on. Uh, all right. I'll see everybody later. Uh, have a, a great start to your week, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.